From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we're learning from our esteemed veteran registered investment advisor, Adam Morse, and our human economic database and fearless CIO, Michael French. And today, we're talking about cryptocurrency. Now, cryptocurrency is obviously the subject of a lot of debates and a lot of discussion online and elsewhere. More and more investors seem to be pouring money into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies around the world. So, Michael and Adam today discuss the future of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and what that could mean for the U.S economy as well as economies all around the world and should you invest in cryptocurrency ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to keep it simple every single week we appreciate your emails and all of your episode suggestions if you have an episode suggestion please email us at podcast at assetbuilder.com we would love to hear from you all right guys without further ado let's get to the show uh first question is adam and michael do you guys own any cryptocurrency uh, I do not currently own any cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, I'd be lying if I said the occasional FOMO doesn't hit, uh, given what everything has been doing. And, you know, I'm on plenty of group texts. All I get are screenshots of gains, friends' accounts dollars. that are, gains, you know, gains, gains. yeah, just getting ready to retire and, you know, from there. What about you, Michael? It's weird. The other day, I sent a text to somebody and they sent me $2,000 in Bitcoin. <laughs> so yes, I do. Now. So I have as, of yesterday. <laughs> as of yesterday, I have $2,000 of Bitcoin from one of Adam's friends. No. So, uh, so yeah, I have some Ethereum and some Bitcoin. I bought mine because I assume at some point somebody's going to hack something that I think is dear and near to me and I need to have undone. So I bought some Bitcoin simply so I can pay the ransom ahead of time. Smart. Not a bad guess. So would you say that um, people who don't invest in Bitcoin... Okay, so Bitcoin specifically, this time last year was at 9,000. Is, is it a share? Is that how 9,000 per coin. Per coin. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, in April, it's at 60. Right now, it's at 35,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a lot. It is. It's a lot of volatility. A lot of volatility. Well, I mean, if, if, so if you said, well depending on when you bought it, right? If you bought it at nine and you're like, now you have 36, you might be thrilled. Well, if you bought it at 60 and you now have 36, you're really unhappy. If you bought it at nine and it went to 60 and it came back down to 36, you're, I don't know what you are, probably bipolar. When did you buy yours? Years ago. I mean, it's, it's increased in value, but I don't look at it. So to say that it's a small amount of money would be to lie, but to say that it's material would also be to lie. Do you want me to tell you exactly how much I have? Yeah. $20,000. Really? Yeah. In crypto? Yeah. Well, so if he I bought don't a couple even, years ago, he bought maybe three grand of it or something. I don't no, know. No, I bought, I, I paid like $250 for something. Yeah. That's worth like $20,000 now. But, it, it, but, but that's the whole point. It, it was $50,000 two months ago or something. And, and so it's not... Yeah. It's that's what I mean. Why, like, I could sell it and and buy my car for sure. I could buy a new car, but it's not a life changing amount of money. But when you put in, I think it was like five hundred dollars. I think I spent like five hundred dollars to buy something, and I went out to this exchange. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing out here. It's kind of interesting. Is this legal? Woo-hoo. Yeah. And you buy it, 
but it was honestly because I did think I was like, eh, someday somebody's probably going to hack our family photo albums <laughs> and I would pay a thousand bucks to get it back. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll buy this stuff. And over time it's lost money. Like it's actually been underwater before, like yeah. worth less than what I paid for. So, I mean, so yeah, I own it. I own it, but not for an investment. Well, it was a good investment though. It was, but you know, so I, it, interesting. I was talking to the guy who, uh, ended up doing the siding on my house and he follows golf. And during the masters, he went out and he was watching the masters and realized that the guy who won it, the eventual winner was going to be the winner and was the first Japanese person to win. Hideki. Hideki. He went out and bought a bunch of autographed merchandise on eBay on like the Saturday of the Masters, by the following Monday had gotten a tenfold return on his investment because all of a sudden this guy's the winner. And so like things, like if somebody said to me, hey, could you replicate that? Well, the Masters happens once a year. The guy who's the winner is not going to be the first, you know, we'd run out of countries eventually, but the first whatever. and would they be popular? And would the country they came from have a lot of money that they can pay for? And he also could have blown his lead, too. I mean, right. he had a significant yeah. lead. Most yeah. Saturdays, you're not going to know who the winner is. You're right. going to be guessing, right. largely. But the, but, but the point is just, I wouldn't recommend that somebody think, I, sorry, I'm not representing that I'm a Bitcoin expert and really understood what I was doing with Bitcoin. So yeah, I'm just saying... You need to be careful when you when you start investing in these things thinking, oh, I'm going to make a killing because you're not. So I'm titling this podcast, Is Bitcoin a Good Investment or Is Cryptocurrency a Good Investment? Mm. Slash should you add it into your portfolio? That's basically the nature of what we're talking about today. Okay. So Michael's official stance is, mm, yeah. Well, so we hold cash in portfolios for a reason. And so the question would be, what what do you consider your crypto to be? Do you consider mm-hmm. it to be a proxy for cash? Probably not, because you're t- you're talking about it as an investment, right? And if yeah. you ask Adam Part or myself, we would say you hold cash so that you can invest it. You're saying no, no, no. This is an actual investment. So mm-hmm. what? Which, what, by the way, is not the entire con. Like that's counter to the entire concept, right? Of what Bitcoin is, right? So so Bitcoin is you're going to hold this and it's going to be a storehouse of value that can be used to purchase something. So the closest thing that I can think of is you would be buying a foreign currency. Eventually you're going to need to use this currency to pay for something, right? Right. So, Oh, okay. That all just clicked in my head. So, so essentially if I wanted to a year ago, I could have taken a dollar, gone to South Africa, bought South African Rand and come back a year later and said, now I would like to take that Rand and buy dollars. And I would have bought 20% more dollars. I had a 20% return on my investment. The dollar decreased in value versus the South African Rand. All you're saying is, well, could have done the same thing with Bitcoin. Now, ultimately, right now, ultimately when I want to pay for anything, I have to find somebody who will accept that currency. So if I went to uh, Albertsons or HEB and was like, Hey, Here's my groceries. Here's my Rand. What are they going to say? No. Right. If I go to them and I say, here's my groceries, here's my Bitcoin, what are they going to say? No. Right. So everything still to this day only has a 
transactional value, right. not everything, sorry, there are places that take Bitcoin, but I mean, there's essentially still, you need the ability to pay for something in US dollars. That makes sense. Okay, so it, this all was inspired from an article I read where they're just talking, it was about investment advisors and how their clients are asking about cryptocurrency. So my next question was going to be to Adam, which is, are you seeing, like, is there an uptick of people, clients asking about cryptocurrency and whether or not they should add it? Yes, just like there is an uptick in people asking about GameStop and AMC. Right. People are attracted to massive returns. And yeah. They always will are be. They? Um, is it the returns or the news? What do you think drives that? Uh, I think the returns the, drive the, the news, news of the returns. True. Yeah. I mean, so I have a couple just to get out on the table. Yep. When I think about Bitcoin, the first thing I like to acknowledge is I understand it at about the most basic level one can understand Bitcoin, which is I understand conceptually it's supposed to be a decentralized currency and store of value. Okay. That's a pretty mm -hmm. generally easy thing to understand. Okay. Got that. I think there are way too many people that think they understand it that actually don't know anything about it mm -hmm. in terms of like, okay, people tell me, well, why am I supposed to believe this thing holds value? Well, because it's scarce digitally. It's digitally scarce. So something yeah. that doesn't actually exist, exist. at all yeah. is scarce. Okay. Now I get like, I've, I've talked to, you know, I have computer software programmers in my family that I've talked to about this ad nauseum. I get that it is theoretically scarce, but I can't mentally get my own head past the idea that ultimately this is like a piece of code. Yeah. In the same way, like you, you look at these NFTs, right? So now we have these sports cards, essentially, these electronic sports cards. Like we grew up with trading cards, right? Yep. Like I collected baseball cards. I'm sure you guys collected baseball cards at some point. They were worth something. Right. Why? Because we all agreed that these were cool and that yep. they had some value yep. because, you know, I have a rookie card. There's only 10 rookie cards out there, so on and so forth. Yep. Well, now there are these NFTs that, to my understanding, are somehow scarce, maybe or maybe not related to blockchain technology. I don't even know. But now these are trading at astronomical values of which I can only look at it on a device. I can't yeah. even hold it because some guy somewhere or some gal somewhere coded a artificially yeah. scarce electronic piece of code that yeah. is a moment in sports or an athlete in sports. Like that to me just, it feels like we've jumped the shark a little. So so Adam's point though, that if all of a sudden. Uh, my point is that I think people have, like we've been sold something. And again, it, I might wake up in 10 years and Bitcoin is the thing and I'm yeah. an idiot. And that's fine. I'll be willing to accept that. Mm, I just yeah. fundamentally like, like look at this and I say, there's too many people that think they know what's going on mm -hmm. and it's too complex of an issue mm -hmm. for I them to understand that. what's going on. Yeah. Like I do this for a living and I have wrapped my head around it. Yeah. So, you know, Jim Bob next door, who is an engineer, does nothing in finance yeah. and he's telling me to pour my portfolio into Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, that seems risky. So, so this is, this is what I would say. The, the reason I went, mm, the government controls currency. Mm -hmm. One of the primary ways in which our government controls the economy or manages production or however you want to say that is because they control the currency. Mm -hmm. They control how much currency there is. Yep. They literally 
I mean, we talk about quantitative easing. If you've heard that phrase, it yep. means the creation of currency. I don't think that the government's going to ultimately be cool with somebody else creating currency because they've given they they've then basically seeded yeah. one of their main tools. So I don't I, I mean I think we talk about this and and it's like it's largely unregulated. It's largely the government hasn't stepped in. I think that there's going to come a point where the government steps in and says, mm, "We're not okay with this." Now, mm-hmm. so the government said we're going to back in the 70s. You we're mean no like longer a complete shutdown though? Like what would they do? Well, so that's one of the big things that I, I like I talk to my friends about is Look, invest in it if you want. You said the the title of this podcast is something to the nature of, is it a good investment? It's an investment, and you're welcome to invest in it. Should you invest in it now? Know what you're getting into. That's like asking if you should invest in... If I invest in Apple today and they get sued tomorrow, that's a bad choice, right? If they're out of business, there's a lot of things we don't know. So don't don't put everything you have into it. it. At this point in time... It is an investment. It is not a currency. I don't care what anybody tells you. It is speculation. Well, it's, it's so, so anything, so like if you consider gold a currency, it, it's something that holds value because we ascribe value to it. Yes. Imagine you're stuck on an island and somebody says, I will give you, and, and you have, let's say that you're on a desert island and you're going to be there for 30 days, seven days, seven days. And somebody says, I will give you 10 gallons of gold or 10 gallons of water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you want? You want the water. Why? Because I got to stay alive. So we think gold has this value and it does because I can trade it for things that have value. Now, if you said, uh, if you said during the pandemic, Hey, what's the most valuable thing you can own? Who thought it would be toilet paper? But it was like, we had neighbors who were like, Hey, do you guys have any extra? And so, I think that we we look at it, and I just pulled up this chart. The total value right now of cryptocurrency in the world is mm-hmm. $2.2 trillion. There's $12 trillion of gold, and the S&P 500 is valued right now at $37.7 trillion. So cryptocurrency wow. has about 5% the value of the S&P 500. To say... It's silly. Ignore it. Would be wrong. Yeah, that's actually a big number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a huge number. But if you looked and you said, well, what is the value that it brings? Well, what value does gold bring? I mean, it's it's great. You can sell it. You can make jewelry. You can, but that's not really the value that gold has. It's a thing. And so, to Adam's point, it's sometimes hard for us to understand where the thing might be a set of digital uh, dots and dashes. Yeah. But if the world is willing to say, yes, I would trade that for a gallon of milk, or yes, I would trade that for rent. If somebody came to me today, if I took my cryptocurrency and said, I am going to now pay my mortgage in cryptocurrency, my mortgage company would say, no, we don't accept that. Mm -hmm. I have to change it into dollars first. And so I think that like when you say, how would they regulate it? The government can at any time simply step in and say, we're regulating this now. All, all, all transactions have to occur in U.S. dollars. Uh, and that's that's where, <clears throat> to a lot of people that are investing, why are they investing? Right. Because this thing has potential to be something. We talk all the time about growth versus value. Yeah. Two and components it has of a been. price. Good it, track record, too. 
What? Uh, Bitcoin has had a really good track record, cryptocurrency in general. Of growth? Well, that, yeah. that, but, but why? Because people believe that potentially it could become a global currency. Yeah. Like that's a big thing. So they're trying to say, well, I want to get as much of it as I can now because it is finite. But you have to ask yourself, okay, what, like, is there a world where it doesn't work? Like where it doesn't ever overthrow fiat currency? And I would argue, yeah, like a very, very high percentage chance that that doesn't happen. Yes. Is it impossible? No. But you have to understand if tomorrow there was just the powers that be released a, 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 a press release that said, all cryptocurrency is dead. It's not going to work. Guess what the value of Bitcoin is? Yeah. Zero dollars. Uh-huh. Instantly. Yeah. And that is that is what Michael is describing. So government risk is something that I don't think enough people are factoring in. Literally, hmm. China made a statement. They didn't enact yeah. any laws, any regulation. If, if a government pulling out a gun and shooting currency is the analogy here, they twitched their pinky yeah. as though they were reaching for the holster. Right. And the value plummeted. Yeah. Uh, so that is how really unstable this value is. Yeah. Well, and, and it should just be factored into your decision. It's so, all I'm saying. Yeah. Elon Musk, same thing. Yeah. Like yeah. a single company, not yeah. not the biggest, not the best. You know, not, not it's the on most. Joe Rogan. Yeah. And so when you look at something and you say, well, okay, should I invest in something? Let me ask you this: What's the most volatile asset in your portfolio? And in in this asset, this investment has the same risk profile as that most volatile asset. So don't ask me, should I hold this instead of cash? Because those aren't fair comparisons. Ask right. me if I should hold this instead of a derivative. Yes. A basket yeah. of derivatives. Correct. Right. Um, Could not agree with that statement more. So should you hold a basket of derivatives? What is your risk profile? Right. Talk to your, talk to whoever it is, your advisor, if you have an advisor, figure out, do I have a risk profile that supports putting a portion of my portfolio into a very volatile asset? And if the answer is yes, go. If the answer is no, don't go. Because mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day, it's simply an investment in, and it should work together with everything else in your portfolio. Yeah. And until people stop telling me what their Bitcoin is worth in dollars, <laughs> I'm not going to care. Yeah. Like bottom line, people, yeah. the, it's, it, here's my hot take. It's valuable today because of how much it can grow your dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. truly, that's my belief. Yeah. It, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that within a 12 month period, we've had multiple things like this happen of like aggressive growth in these, these investments, right? We've had, now I know they're in, in different worlds and different investments. I understand all that. Yeah. But the fact that we've seen this kind of growth with Bitcoin, we've seen this kind of growth with Ethereum, Dogecoin even. Dogecoin. But then we look at, you know, AMC, mm-hmm. right? We look at GameStop. I yeah. don't think we can undervalue the impact that the internet is having and continuing to have as as younger people that are very internet savvy grow up and get into the age where now they care about things like investing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's coincidence that we're seeing things like that. So right, you get on message boards and all of a sudden everybody you know yeah. on social media is talking about Bitcoin. So now I got to buy Bitcoin. What does that do? It drives the price of Bitcoin through the roof. On what evidence? Yeah. On, I'm not saying I, I don't understand the potential it has. I'm saying, okay, but I, I would just like to see, you know, some potential that, that it, it so Michael just, uh, Wall Street Journal article, yep. <clears throat> That's number of incredible. tweets, tweets per day. I don't know if we can put this graphic up at the in the show notes, but yep. tweets per day. So just kind of yeah. So tweets per day. This is January through April of this year. Okay. Ethereum has gone up from January from April to I'm going to say that's probably fifty thousand. 
Bitcoin has at points hit over 200,000 tweets per day. Dogecoin back in February topped about a million tweets per day. Well, yeah, that so, is insane. So it, it's the stuff we talk about all the time. If it's in the news, you're talking about hashtags, right? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like like it, it's like tweets with those yes, hashtags. It's Got it. yeah. from bit info charts, but it's, I mean, this is a wall street journal article. So I just think that there's like what Adam's saying. And the reason I bring that up in relation to like things like AMC and GameStop, mm -hmm. the fundamental reason it was interesting. What was happening to GameStop was there was nothing about the asset yeah. that had changed. Their cash flows didn't change. Their, their offerings, their services, the goods they sold didn't change. Their corporate structure didn't change. It was literally just a group of people saying, We've agreed to drive the price of this asset up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that but is it. It was gone in a flash, though. And exactly, that's, that's different it, than crypto. Well, be, it's not today. the The value of GameStop didn't change, so at some point, that's going to have to be reckoned with, right? Like you can drive the price up, but now, like you're hurting yourself. You're paying for something. You're paying four x, five x, ten x what that asset's actually worth. And so this whole thing is a house of cards built on our agreement that we're going to keep shoveling money into this asset. So, so one of the things that I would say with crypto is <clears throat> what's the price of Apple stock today? $127. What's the price of a gallon of milk? $3, $4. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, what it goes for. What's the price of a new car? $20,000, $60,000, depending on what mm -hmm. kind of car you want to buy. Any good that has a substitute good where anytime you can have a substitute good for something, mm -hmm. the value of that thing is, is negotiable yep. and is reduced. Right. What did I name my prices in, in everything? Dollars. And so I think that there's something like when Adam said, until people start telling me what their things are worth in something other than dollars, like I don't tell you what Apple stock is worth in ter terms of Bitcoin. I tell you in terms of dollars. I don't tell you what milk is worth in terms of Bitcoin. I tell you in terms of dollars. You don't yet have a substitute for a dollar or a yuan or a renminbi or a peso or a euro or a yen. And so as much as people are like, oh, there's this global currency – I think what you, you keep forgetting is that there are these legislative bodies. I'm not saying you keep forgetting. What people sim mm. sometimes overlook is that you have these legislative bodies that have immense power, an immense amount of power an immense and incentive. a deep desire to control currency. And so can the world agree to send, like on eBay, could somebody say, well, you can either pay me $10 for this pair of pants or you can send me some Bitcoin. Sure. You can, I mean, you can accept Bitcoin if you want. Ultimately, that Bitcoin can be used in many transactions, but we could just as easily say, send me gold. Not as easily, well, obviously. My argument, or we could barter. The reason I think gold is, it's a good example in the context you're using it, the added kind of variable with Bitcoin, no one's, no one's creating a new gold tomorrow. No. Yeah. With better characteristics. Yeah. No. It's a finite amount. Yeah. Well, the gold is gold. And no one, right. like, on a molecular level, we can prove either that is gold or that is not gold. And you yes. cannot create more of it. They've tried for thousands of years. Yes. Cannot be done. With Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. With Bitcoin, yeah. well, tomorrow we have Ethereum. And then tomorrow we have Dogecoin. Why? Well, yeah. because it can, you know, settle two yeah. times as fast. Okay. Well, what happens 10 years from now where we've all agreed to get on Bitcoin, but then tomorrow, yeah. well, now do I convert all my Bitcoin to you know, Cardano. 2045 coin yeah. and yeah. Huh. whatever the case is. And now I have all the volatility associated with that. It's, I, I guess my point in bringing that up, 
often like pull the threads at who is advocating for this, right? And I'm not saying I again, I understand the positives that could come from something like this. I get why decentralization and that actually appeals to my personality, decentralization yeah. in any realm. I'm a libertarian at heart. But we also have to ask ourselves like there's a reason things like Visa exist. Mm-hmm. There's a reason yeah. that we give banks the authority to reverse transactions. Like yes. I get there's a lot of good that comes from the the high side like super rosy outlook of a decentralized global currency but this is coming out of kind of the same part of the world that social media came out of and that technology in general has come out of where the proponents and oftentimes like the founders and the people that benefit the most from the propagation of these things the founders all they see is the upside yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to any speech that Mark Zuckerberg gives or that Jack Dorsey gives, all they talk about is the benefits of connecting people. Well, but what about like the downsides of all of our data being out there now yeah. without any of our knowledge? What are the downsides right. of giving people across the globe access to a lot of our personal information mm-hmm. without our knowledge and putting people in touch that maybe shouldn't be in touch, yeah. yep. you know, based on, I don't know, age ranges. There's a lot of potential downsides that come from this immense level of technological advancement. I would argue as a society, and again, that's why I get back to the value of it today is just people wanting to grow their portfolios. And so they see an opportunity to do that, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But on a broader, deeper level, we need to ask ourselves, like, what are some of the potential downsides that could come, right? Like, there's a reason that we have people designated to authorize transactions to make sure that both people on each side of that transaction are getting a fair shake. Yeah. And in this world... That's one of like the selling points is that it's done, it's final, it's irreversible. Yeah. We've all heard the story of the guy that, you know, had forgot 20, his password. $20 million dollars forgot his password. Well, that's it's funny and we all laugh at it. That's devastating that guy. What if that happened to somebody? Hey, what are you that, talking about? Explain what that is. So there was some guy that had invested in Bitcoin way back when and the, the current value of it was $20 million. But he didn't hold it in an electronic wallet. He held it like he had his wallet on his actual hard drive. And he forgot the password to the hard drive, to, to oh, the wallet on his no. hard drive. And he had like a certain number of passwords and he was down to his last try. Yeah, and, 10 and, tries. And, and to my knowledge, right. he still hasn't used his last try because if he uses he it, it self-destructs and he loses $20 million. That is off. That's gone. Now, that's funny, right? Well, because that it's is funny. hilarious. Ha ha. Sucks yeah. to be him. But if that's a single mom down to her last $2,000 yeah. or, 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 you know, yeah. one twenty-eighth of a Bitcoin to keep her family afloat, working three jobs, and yeah. she, you know, her dog eats her password. Yeah. Goodness gracious, that's devastating. Like, you'd like to think there's some recourse. Yeah. So you know, the think- world is a messy place and messy things happen. And we need arbiters that help yeah. us sort through some of this messiness. And it's just anytime we're upturning something as, as significant as currency, ask yourself, there are things that aren't perked by the system, but mm-hmm. there's a chance that that thing in the system was devised for a reason. Yeah. So I would argue, I would make, I, I would say currency. Part of the problem is the government's opened this door because the government has said, hey, you're just allowed to create currency. I think what's most likely to happen is the government's going to create its own digital currency. And so imagine instead of, hey, we're going to send you a stimulus check, we're just going to, it's going to magically appear in your new Apple wallet or whatever, yeah. gov wallet dot gov. But I think that that's the real, that's one of the biggest risks that we run is that the government says, oh, well, wait, instead of getting permission to print money or instead of having Congress, we're just going to start creating something, putting it in these digital wallets. And now you guys can all go just pay with your e-dollars. And that's a big deal. 
Yeah, like I, I think people are, El Salvador just made Bitcoin their legal tender, tender, as of one hour ago. Speaking of countries going to that, anyway, go ahead. So, and and I understand that like there are countries in this world that a lot of their citizens don't have access to banking and currency, and this would bring a lot of stability. Yes. I understand that, but I, I think it's naive to look at you know a country like the United States or a country like China or a country like Russia are just going to sit on their hands and let, now I'm not even advocating for one or the other, right? I'm just saying. To be a like being a practical person, I find that hard to believe. And so, so when you talk about um, El Salvador, mm-hmm. I was going to say, and, and there's there's, and I had read this, like countries like Amsterdam, um, yep. you can go to Arnhem, and it's a city where you can get your gas, accommodations, bicycles, dental services. You can pay for all this stuff in Bitcoin. So the reality is that somebody in Somebody in Amsterdam, well, there's a dentist in Amsterdam who is doing one of two things. He's either saying, I'm willing to clean your teeth today for half the price I was willing to charge the day before, or Mm -hmm. my prices are going to change daily because Bitcoin's so volatile. And I think that's one of the key things that's going to, Mm -hmm. it, it, it just affects, like, you look at, at at currency and you want it to be stable. And so some of these countries, like when you mention El Salvador, when we look at countries, I think it's going to be different for a U.S.-based investor. Um, Bitcoin.com says the U.S. is the second most Bitcoin-friendly country in the world. And I would say, you know, yeah, we do a lot with it. There's a lot of investors. There's a lot of developers. But if you look at, hey, how friendly is our government to it? Um, it's like I said, when I go to HEB, I still have to pay in dollars. Still, well, not how do those, them. how do those citizens like, how do they get their Bitcoin? It's like on their phone. And it's, no, no, no. I don't mean physically oh. how does the transaction occur. I mean, how do they become owners of Bitcoin? How do they prove ownership? No, 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 no. no, no. They I'm, go I'm out, they buy they, it. I'm guessing they exchange fiat currency they, for Bitcoin. They, they did at some point, they exchanged either stocks or fiat currency. I, I don't think you could. I mean, I guess you can, you can, I mean, you could go to somebody and say, I'm going to give you this Apple stock. You're going to give me Bitcoin today. We do it in dollars, but you could, you could do a private transaction where you said to somebody, I'm going to give you this. You're going to give me Bitcoin. I'll give you a ride in my ride share and you're going to give me Bitcoin. I mean, you can't because it's controlled by Uber or Lyft or whoever, but you could, but at some point that person that is either paying for their ride share or paying for those stocks in Bitcoin they had to acquire that Bitcoin in which to pay. Right. Now, here would be the question. When people were, when people have lived with hyperinflation, and I understand hyperinflation only goes one way, but if you live with price volatility, are you happy or sad? You're sad. Right. You don't want there to be price volatility. Right. I like to know that milk is generally, I wish I knew what milk costs because I use that all the time, but I think it's like $2, $3. Yes. Okay. So... I like the fact that, I mean, I don't know, it's two or four or something. Why Why is that? Because, and here's the thing, it's two or four dollars. It is four or eight Bitcoin. And that's where I think we, we fundamentally are still going to use currency that is stable because it's both sides of the transaction. By stable, you mean regulated? No, No, by stable, stable, I mean. It's a predictable, because here's the reason that matters. With Bitcoin, the reason people are freaking out about do I buy it now or sell it now, they don't know if they're selling 
20 it, gallons of milk or 10. Correct. It, it's I'll as see. a percentage of what I have, uh, how much am I giving up for this good or service? Yeah. Right. So with know. dollars, it's extremely predictable. I know that if I pay $2 for milk today, yeah. I didn't just give up half of what I own. Right. Whereas with Bitcoin, if I pay a, some like, Bitcoin, some Bitcoin, that might be twice what I should have paid. Twice if, what I had I should waited, have paid. if I waited till tomorrow, milk might cost half or it might cost twice yeah. what it costs today because of the fluctuation. And that's the difference. If and, and that's where I think regulation is good. So if you live in a country where they have hyperinflation, you take your paycheck, you run to the store, you buy stuff because mm -hmm. the value of that paycheck is going to go down. Well, if the value of the paycheck was going to go up, you would hold on to it. If the value of the paycheck is unknown, you live yeah. in this fearful tension right. of should I buy crypto, groceries? Which is dangerous because right. stability is one of the key. Like, why do people talk about stimulus? And confidence. Well, yeah. why is stimulus, why do they use that word? They want activity to happen. It's like right. the lifeblood of a capitalistic yeah. society. They want transactions. I need to go buy stuff. I need to sell stuff. Well, for that to happen, stability is a key part of that. For me to feel confident enough to know that this is a reasonable transaction I'm making, yeah. whether I'm selling right. or buying, I'm not going to get, maybe it would have been slightly better tomorrow or yesterday or next month or last month, but all things you know, in balance, it, it's a reasonable transaction to make. That stability is out of the picture with Bitcoin. So I have no yeah. confidence. And so what are people going to do? They're going to freeze up. Yeah. They're going to freeze up and yeah. say, I don't know what's a good decision. I'm going to buy the bare minimum for what I need. I'll wait another, and that's what people are doing now with Bitcoin. Well, I'm going to wait six months, see if it goes back down. Or I'll wait tomorrow and see if it yeah. goes back down. Like that kind of, yeah. that mindset is not good for day-to-day -day behavior. So when, for participants so, in the so when you get back to the, to the basics of would you own this? Yeah. Sure. Would you look at it as a medium of exchange? No, because I don't want my medium of exchange to fluctuate by 50% in a year. Yep. I don't want to live I don't want to live in an environment where I can go where my currency that I'm using to pay for stuff that I need mm -hmm. where I'm going to need either twice as much. Yeah. And if somebody said, "Well, but the benefit might be you only need half as much." I would say it's immaterial. I need a house. I need to be able to make my house payment. If I can make two house payments versus I can't even make half a house payment, that's not a good trade-off. I just want to know that I can make my house payment. No, can that problem be solved by regulation? Yes, but then that's but, where but then the government... Eating into the, but then how is Bitcoin any better than a dollar? Right. And, and that's right. where you get into then the government's just going to create its own e-currency. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? So what's the appeal of cryptocurrency then? It's, non, it's, it's decentralized. Not regulated. So it's what, decentralized. But what does that benefit? So why is that beneficial? Because so, the government literally... Can control. Can't control. Can't so control. the government can't come in and say, we'll just create more cryptocurrency. No, no, no. You guys have agreed that there's only X. And and I think this is where you get into, well, the government can't so create... So can't inflate it, in other words. It can't inflate which it. Which is not like inherently a, a bad thing. Well, that's why I was wondering. Is a good right. thing. Like, what is the benefit? So the benefit is exactly that. Like, Adam and I are both kind of on that on that spectrum of, hey, the smaller the government, the less they regulate, the better. And, and you. But, but again, we have governments but, for a reason. Yeah, yes. the government, Some basic things. the government does, and in, in, in the United States, like the government is actually charged with regulating commerce, like as, as conservative as you may be, if you go back and read the constitution, the government is supposed to regulate trade between states. Right. What does that mean? Regulating currency, right. regulating medium of exchange. I'm fine with that. When, when you start watching the government simply create cash mm -hmm then it does raise some questions about, well, then what is a dollar worth? 
Because if you simply print them and you give them to people for, you know, whatever purpose to stay at home, not talking about during the pandemic, when you shut businesses right. down, you, you did, you know, kind of create a situation where you had to pay people. But we also, it, it should be noted that we, we live in like one of the, in, in terms of like currency in the history of humanity, it's mm. one of the most stable yeah, absolutely. Like one of the best iterations of yes of fiat currency that's ever existed, if not the best. What, is, that, what is fiat currency? I'm sorry, I just don't know. What Traditional that government regulated government regulated yeah, currency. government issued okay. currency. Okay. So, so to Adam's point, if you go out, so it's a really well, it's a really good system. So your perspective might be different on this if you live in Bolivia. Ecuador or Bolivia. Yes, whereas this that's is, the value of it is this it gives is, you a way to have transactions. This is why you know what Adam's saying is true. If you are a company who's trying to issue debt in um, Venezuela, not Venezuela, it's not fair, in Bolivia right now, and you go out and you say, hey, to the global marketplace, we're going to pay you coupon payments of 8% every year for the next 20 years. Guess what the global economy is wanting those payments in? U.S. dollars. Yeah. They're not wanting them in your Bolivian peso. Right. Why? Because nobody's really sure what that'll be worth in 20 years. We all believe we know what the dollar will be worth. This will be the, this will be when I think that crypto is an actual thing. When people say I will issue a bond debt and I will make my coupon payments in crypto. Mm -hmm. And that, in that, in that uh, is oversubscribed. If more people are wanting to buy that, so that the coupon rate is actually, you know, 8%, but people are willing to accept six just to get crypto because they believe mm-hmm. in crypto, not today, but 20 years from now. I want my p- payments 20 years from now to come in crypto, and I would rather have right. that than a dollar. Yeah. So that would be my your, measure. Depending on your perspective, geographically, yeah. Bitcoin might be way better. For us, we're a bit unique because it's mm-hmm. marginally better in some ways, but also marginally worse in some ways. So yeah. the math that we're doing is a little bit different, but... I don't know. I, I just think now is going all, to crypto different than going cashless? Because Sweden is going cashless in twenty twenty three. I think cashless just means fully electronic. Like fully no electronic means debit cards. Yeah, yeah no you're not going to have. So there is no physical cash. Now is that does that does it do the same problems in cryptocurrency that you're describing? Also, no, have the same no. problems there. Okay, because they can still say there's a limit to how much currency exists in our country. How much yeah. Swedish or euros? How many? But they don't have to print cash anymore. It's just they don't right, but they can. But they can simply, so they can say they, they as, just, a, yeah, as a as a government. They the government. They would literally just all of a sudden. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Is all that of a sudden, not ten billion euros would show up in the major banks? Like and that's it, how it would enter the system. And is that not cryptocurrency? That that right, is well, that is it's regulated by the government. That's, that's the distinction. Right. Okay, okay. It's an electronic currency, but it's the same way. If you file your your income tax returns and you're supposed to get a, a refund. Mm-hmm. It shows up in your in your account. Mm-hmm. They didn't send you like a bucket of cash. So yeah. what what's the difference? Well, the difference is that the government is saying this is how much cash is in this. Like today yeah. we all know, theoretically, how much M1, what the money supply is for our country, for another country. Every country except for the Eurozone, you know, kind of has this control of their own currency. Yeah. What we would be advocating, what 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 cryptocurrency advocates for is, well, the government shouldn't be in control. And the argument of, well, they aren't very good at what they do. They kind of mm-hmm. print whenever. I'm sympathetic to that argument. Mm-hmm. I simply, I, you know, Adam's point earlier, 
is is fairly accurate when you say, well, yeah, but what are the um, what are the follow-on ramifications? What are the implications of your solution? Well, not really well thought out or articulated in many cases. And the, do, you, do you think a proponent of Bitcoin could argue that the volatility that we see now is is just a symptom of like it's young? Yes. Yeah. So like yes. if, if there's yeah. a winner takes all effect yes. and eventually we have like it'll just stabilize. like actual it'll, currency, it'll naturally stabilize. So, I mean, if that was true I, and I don't know what the answer is, um, if you went back to the like when you think about it, the United States used to be an emerging market. Like, mm -hmm. think about that. We used yeah. to be an emerging market. So if you went back to 1911 and you were looking at the the value of the U.S. dollar versus the British pound, mm -hmm. how volatile was it? And I don't know the answer. I'd be curious because essentially that would be, that would be maybe a fair proxy, but the difference is still there was a set of elected officials or there was some government entity behind this discussion of how much currency should we have and what would be the purposes and uses of the currency. Whereas, you know, it, in crypto, it sure, it's young and it's new, and that may be part of the volatility. I would argue part of the volatility, though, is still you can't tweet, we no longer accept U.S. dollars, and cause the value of the U.S. dollar to crash. So yes. what happened when the Chinese government said, we are going to eliminate the U.S. dollar from our, whatever, what was it? Uh, we're going to eliminate the U.S. dollar. It was last week. They made some statement. We're going to eliminate the U.S. dollar from our investment portfolio, something like that. I forget mm -hmm. what the exact quote was. But U.S. dollar didn't crumble. It didn't crater by 50%. Chinese government's essentially saying, hey, we have a trillion dollars of your debt. Not we're really, good. But, yeah, but, but we're not going to have any more. The dollar didn't crumble. Now, all it took was for them to, as in Adam's analogy, twitch their pinky finger and yeah. what happened to crypto. So there's just, there is definitely a stability issue that yeah. when you compare those two things, and you know, because they were both kind of random comments made by the Chinese government, and they affected the U.S. dollar much differently than they affected cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So, Adam, what's it going to take for you to get in? Um, I actually am... am he's going to need to have somebody send him an Instagram <laughs> post that yeah. he responds to, and then he's going to need to send $2,000. Yeah, $2, be it, it, wow. If it is the Wild West, there's a lot of people looking to make a couple a of, of easy dollars. Mm -hmm. Off of your Bitcoin dollars. interest. Um, <laughs> I like how they still want dollars. Yeah, though. exactly. Right. They're trying to bilk you out of your actual dollars, not yeah. your Bitcoin. Um, I mean, I, I I actually have been thinking about it more. Um, and I, I think I will slowly kind of get some exposure, similar to Michael, not a lot, not anything life changing, just as an asset class almost. That's mm -hmm. kind of how I'm thinking about it. Just getting exposure to a already diversified portfolio. Yeah. Um, Am I going to convert all my cash to Bitcoin? Absolutely not. Um, and, you know, I don't want to come across as overly negative. I just think, at least in the online circles that I run in, it, it seems like it's just all good. Like, there, it's, I hate to use this phrase, but like, to the moon. Like, that yeah. really is kind of like the underlying mindset of a lot of these folks. And I just kind of want to be the ballast to that, to say, like, let's just, let's just think before we jump. Um, and especially whoever's listening, think before you jump with your own portfolio, 
Um, and know your risk tolerance too. Yeah, know your risk tolerance. Yeah. Don't don't bet anything you can't lose. Um, because again, and too like Bitcoin's history is incredibly short. Mm-hmm. Yes, on the timescales that. But we're it might be long. About. I mean, do, do you think it's like social media where it's before social media and after? Like it's here to stay. It might be, but it's even. I mean. <sighs> let's say five years, I think is generous. Really, it's gained a ton of traction in the last two, mm-hmm. year and a half, two. In that time frame, sure, it's gone up. But what, I mean, well, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Like with the, the less history you have to go off of, the less reliable your projections are going forward. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Um, you know, try to be rational with everything you do in life and also investing. I think that applies here. Try to be measured. Yep. Michael, do you have anything more smart to say on Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? There's no way. I think I just maxed it out. He pretty much did. Adam is brilliant because he does not own Bitcoin, nor does he send it to people on Instagram. As everyone else books their trips to Europe from their Bitcoin winnings, (laughs) and I sit here and say, see, (laughs) I told you. (laughs) No, I mean, the, the thing, the thing, like you guys both said, I said it earlier, it's part of your risk profile. Yeah. Like, what do you, what's your, what's your options portfolio? Yeah. It's the most volatile part of your portfolio. Okay. This can replace that if you want. Yeah. I'd prefer options because I understand them better, but yeah. what is? Do yeah. what you want. Next week, I'll be pro Bitcoin after I invest yeah. today and I've made, <laughs> I'm going to wait until 3,000%. Somebody's going to pay Adam's fees in Bitcoin and then he'll be all excited. Yeah, Bitcoin rocks. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for your insight. See you next Always. time. All righty. If you have a question for either Michael or Adam concerning this topic or anything else, please visit assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every single episode. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.